All right. Well, welcome to another consult server coffee. I'm Dr. Michael Jones, and I am joined today by Richmond artist Janet Scagnelli, who I met because you work out at the at Redefine RVA, which is where my wife works. And that's how we met and then kind of cross paths up in North side up in Bellevue at Porchella or various things. And I got familiar with your work and I was just, I was really impressed um, with, with how you used, and, and we'll get more into this in a minute, but with how you used your art to process and work through difficult periods in your life. And that resonated with me because when I was a clinical investigator working with patients with irritable bowel syndrome and other digestive diseases, we did a fair amount of stuff with journaling as a tool for symptom relief and improvement. And in fact, people who wrote daily about how they felt about their illness and what it did to them, how it impacted the quality of their life, actually were physically better than folks who just wrote about, spent the same amount of time writing about the weather, you know? And so that self-expression, whether it's painting, journaling, drawing, whatever, is a powerful therapeutic tool. And, and we've talked about this a little bit. And, and, and I did want to kind of give the caveat because for years you were a professional illustrator is that um yeah a, a professional commercial artist in um animation ren and stimpy i am uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well fritz the cat if you go back even further but um i'm even i'm even more impressed now <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah fritz the cat um, but in New York City, it was a commercial. New York City was a place that commercials got done, ad agencies, commercials. LA was more where um, features or uh, TV shows, series were made. But um, I, I, my my older sister worked at Terry Toons that did Mighty Mouse and yeah, I think Tom Terrific, and and she used to bring work home when I was about thirteen years old and said, help me. I got overtime. I got to finish the stuff. You can do this. So uh, I started working at 13 and then she, I'd go into the city and we lived in the Bronx and I get studio work. I mean, totally underage, hiding in the bathroom from the union people. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, I made good, good money for a teenager and, and I learned a lot of my skills there. Um, but I went away to college and got a degree in art history. But as soon as I was done, I was right back in the city working in animation because I loved it and I knew it and I was climbing the ladder at that point. Um, yeah, so it's commercial art. It was all commercials. I opened my own studio. I, I ran some studios and then opened my own studio, Chelsea Animation, and um, did a lot of commercials like um, Cheerios, um, Hershey's chocolates, AT&T, um, 
I don't know, tons of cereals and, um, oh, brawn razors and uh, dog food. <laughs> so, I, I was working with high-end clients, yeah. And then, but then you, you moved from New York and you, you moved down to Richmond. Yes, so I'm, for love, <laughs> I met a guy who lived in Richmond. I was like, where's Richmond? And, uh, and a year later, I moved here, but I moved my business down, Chelsea, and I had opened a second business by then where I was restoring um, vintage animation cells that people would collect. Like I'd go to Sotheby's and Christie's with my clients and um, advise them and they'd buy pieces and I'd restore them. And there were only two of us in the world at that time doing this work. So I had international clients and uh, that was very exciting. So, but anyway, all my work was commercial work. It was never anything, I would put my personal touch on these pieces, but I always felt safe because I was behind, I was making Cheerios look good or Fruit Loops or, uh, uh, you know, I made, so I, it was, I was very comfortable in that world, um, but it bothered me too that I couldn't do anything personal and expressive. But then you did. Yes, yes. And, you know, because <clears throat> with my major in art history, I could appreciate what artists, I'd stare at these paintings and think, how did they get this on that piece of paper or that canvas? I, I It was a mystery to me that was elusive. Um, and I, I guess, um, I closed my studio, um, raised a family, and I started taking some classes. <laughs> like I was doing still life and um, <clears throat> pastels, and even that was scary to me because <clears throat> it would be my drawing. But it was, um, you know, still life, nothing big. But it was getting boring. And also, my husband got this mysterious illness that got worse and worse, and. There was a day I was sitting at home at this table, just kind of painting, um, working on a still life. And I was reading about Charlie Hebdo attack, these terrorist attacks in Paris. And what really got me was that across town, they attacked a kosher market. And I just felt like, why did they do that? They did that to distract from the Charlie Hebdo attack. Um, but it was just such an innocent target with families shopping for food way across town. And that just triggered me. <clears throat> and all of a sudden I just pushed everything aside and I took some paper and I just started slashing. I found a picture of the kosher market and it had police tape and there was some kind of explosion in the middle. And I just um, started making versions of that with just, I ended up taking my um, library card and smearing paint on the tip of it, on the, across the side of it and smearing it and just smearing and smearing and scraping and rubbing and scratching. So, so folks, so folks who will, who will watch this will see, I, I think we, I, I have an example of, of a still life, the, the painting with the fruit on the table. And then is is the piece after that the piece that you're you're talking about with 
red and black and yeah that's just i mean talk about a fairly radical departure in styles uh, yeah and then actually the point that i got to with those pairs was i had done i had taken maybe a year's worth of classes to get to that and i was satisfied with it but you know like a very boring way <laughs> i was like that's nice but um that <laughs> Right. Yeah, like I check, you know, but that uh, this I made about twelve paintings of that um, market, that kosher market, but um, I didn't show it to anybody, and that was I think the key for me was that no one was going to see these. I, I just they came out of some something ripped open, it came out, and then it went back in again and closed up, and I didn't. It was months before I showed I, a good friend who's an artist. I showed it to her one day and she just said, oh my gosh, that's incredible. She's, you know, and I said, no, no, I'm not an artist. You're an artist. I'm not an artist. And she talked me into um, showing that painting to a few people. And, yeah, can uh, you can you walk, just spend a minute or two and kind of walk us through this? Because it's an interesting piece. When I look at it, 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 it's so it struck me as sort of a constrained outburst in a way. If that I don't know if that's an accurate. I mean, it it really is. It, it's sort of an emotional meltdown on paper. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of why I look. I mean that you know, um, but what what's represented in that other than your emotions at the moment? I mean, is that is that the market? Is that sort of your take on the market, or right? Yeah, there. Yeah, there was a photo, and the whole front of the store was, the in the photo it looked blue, bluish glass, and there was police tape, and um, but in, I, I I'm looking at it myself now. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I guess I could just say again that um, my husband's illness, which we didn't know what the hell was going on, and it was getting worse, and um, and and this terrorist attacks, and I think there was a few before this one too, but this one just triggered me, and it really was like I I um, I needed a reference point, so I had this photo in front of me. And I needed that as a reference, but then I just looked away from it and I just started smearing paint down and just smearing and smearing. And I think, uh, yeah, I put, I put tape down to do the police stripes. So I laid down some tape, smeared the white and red stuff, pulled the tape up, um, smeared a lot with, like I said, my library card <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, yeah, I guess it was a lot of like uh, stenciling and going back and forth. And plus I was doing 10 at the same time and them all laid out on my table. And some were small and this one is uh, pretty large. Um, but I was working on all 10 at the same time. And I wow. was throwing, grabbing one, throwing something on it, pushing it aside, grabbing the other one. And so they, it's interesting that if you see all maybe 10 or 12 of them, they're all <clears throat> got a, they kind of have those colors in them, but they all look, 
different. Some are more rippy, just, you know, destructive looking than others. Did you feel better after you did this? Was oh it cathartic? Gosh. Oh yeah. And I have to say it was like, I think, I think something you were just talking about, about the maybe this happens with journaling is I lost track of time. I, I just, like, I just dropped out of my brain of all the worries I had. And I had two children also that were getting stressed about my husband's illness, you know, their dad. So there was a lot going on and I was holding a lot in my head and I was painting these paintings and I lost, I, I was just checked out. You know, I was in this feverish state of, uh, I don't know. I, it was a great feeling. It was a very addictive feeling. No, and I think that's, you know, that's kind of the point. I, 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 I worry in the sense that folks who see this go, well, she could do this because she's an artist, but you don't have to be an, I mean, to do this, you have to be an artist, but to, to reap the benefits of this, you, you don't have to be Picasso, Van Gogh, Janet Scagnelli. You just have to be willing to express your feelings. And that's what we saw with journaling is just get it out there whether it's writing it out, whether it's doodling, whether it's, you know, whatever works, but, but that expresses the emotional cost or burden of what you're dealing with. And, and that's therapeutic. That's a powerful therapy. Right. I think the most important part for me was that I did not want anyone to see this. I did not make this art with that in mind that somebody, I have an audience you know, or like I'm making this painting because I'm going to sell it or I'm going to show it in a gallery. It was the opposite of that. I needed to have <clears throat> a safe space to do this without ever, ever planning to show it to anybody. And I, I mean, I guess coming back to your point of um, it doesn't matter what skills you have, if you just sit down and you know, just just throw something down, whether it's poetry or writing or music. You know, if you just get out, get rid of the piece that somebody else is going to see it or judge it. I think you can close get more close to that place that I just described. That uh, it, it's funny because I've done that with with my writing. Um, sometimes we all get into dark places and we all have difficult moments and. And it's been helpful to me to sort of put those words on paper. Um, periodically, I make the mistake of sharing it to somebody and usually with someone, usually the response is, do you need to talk to somebody? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, not now. I feel a lot better now. <laughs> oh, if we look at some of my other work that came after that one. Yeah. Well, and that, it is. It's interesting because the next two that you sent me, are, are more black and white, right? I mean, it's, a, it's, again, it's, there's a tension. When I look at them, I see a lot of tension and it's a little frenetic, but it's also, they seem a little more constrained and cooler to me. Am I, can you walk us through these? Yes, and I think what I want to back up and, and and say, well, maybe it starts, it starts with these black and white ones. Um, 
<clears throat> right after my husband died, it was in October of uh, 2016. Um, like a month later, I called this, uh, this man I know, Michael Pierce. I know him from Quaker Meeting. <clears throat> and I said, I know you teach art somewhere. And he knew a bit about Steve dying. And he said, you must take my class. It starts January 4th at John Tyler. And <clears throat> you must take my class. This is going to help you a lot. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's too soon. But he said, you audit it. Just show up. Do what, Get what you want out of it. And it was an intro to drawing. It's like, I can draw. It goes out. I don't care. Take my class. So this, these paintings <laughs> from a drawing class that um, so I had, I, um, I think what how the, the procedure went. So I decided that at the end of the, the last thing of the class is just draw anything you want that only you could draw. That's Michael's um, assignment all the time in every class. So I took photos of Steve when he was healthy and Trump had just gotten elected and I had newspaper clippings of that. And um, my home, which used to be something of a peaceful, safe place, was where the illness happened, the death happened, my children fell apart. It was suddenly my home was not a safe place anymore. I took photos of my home and Xeroxed a whole bunch of them. And then I shredded everything in my sandbox in the backyard, made a pile, <clears throat> took those wooden matches with the red tips lit the pile on fire and videotaped it. And then I freeze framed four spots in this strip of film. And that's what these are. I actually used the charcoal from the burn for some of this too. And so <clears throat> it's a progression. And these are the, the first, that's one with the flame. The flame is in colored pencil. Um, that was the first one. And then uh, that second one is the third <laughs> of four. And they're big, uh, that big. Yeah, about that big. And they took me months. It took me a month to do each one. Um, I actually didn't even finish them for the class, but I finished them the, over the next summer. And they were, they are so hard for me to look at now. Um, I have friends who bought them from me and they, hung them in their foyer and they repainted their whole foyer to match my paintings. <laughs> and um, I know I, I'm very touched by it, but I can't look at them. I mean, I had to wrap them up and stick them in the closet because they were, they're so powerful to me. Um, but again, I did them in a safe place because I did them in a class with a teacher who is very he makes it a safe place to express yourself. And that's his goal is to get students it, to express themselves. It, it, it looks like, I mean, it, it seems like it, it's a catharsis of, of sums. It was, I was, I had to show it for my critique. At, I only had two done by the time the class ended. And I was crying and many people in the classes were, came up and hugged me afterwards because I told my story and I told, why I did what I did. And it truly was a drawing only I could make and the way only I could make it. And that was his assignment. But I think it, it was assignment that I needed and I, it reverberated with me. And there were other, there were one or two other 
mostly 18 and 19 year olds in the class that did paintings that were as powerful as mine. It was a very good assignment if you were ready for it. But I still felt like I didn't want to show these to anybody. You know. Go figure. I mean, they're incredibly personal and, yeah. and it's traumatic. Yeah. And, so, and I also didn't think it would, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't making them for anybody else to look at and, or anyone else to, I didn't think they'd reverberate with anybody else. Like, I, I, I didn't think I was that kind of artist. And it didn't matter to me, you know, so it was pure me. And I think maybe going again, going back to, you know, that fascinated me that people improved their ir irritable bowel syndrome by journaling. I didn't realize that was a thing that could happen. And I, it was happening for me, but I, you know, like the journaling, I'm sure you're not thinking, oh, I'm going to show this journal to other people. I, I made these paintings not thinking I was going to show them to anybody. Right. And I, I, and I think that's the thing that you're not, you're not drawing a Cheerios box here. You're bearing your soul. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. It was very scary. It, it is. And, and, you know, I, I think if you are an artist and whether it's a, you're a musician, whether you're a writer, whether you're a painter, whatever, whether you make, or you make glass, the, I think the idea of putting yourself of exposing yourself in that way to people is a very, it's a little frightening at times. And, yeah. and we, we've probably talked about this. I think you kind of live in these, if you're, if you're a creative person, you live in these two worlds. On the one hand, you don't want people to look at this or you don't want people to look at it and go, what the hell did you do that for? Yeah. But, but at the same time, the validation that like, you know what, this worked, this resonated with people um, is, is that validation is powerful. Yes, I had an argument once a long time ago with someone who said art needs to be shown to other people. Art is about that, the relationship of the viewer, listener, reader, you know, to the piece and I said, no, I was so adamantly saying that is not, you know, I, I took the other tack, which is how I started with these paintings was, I don't need to show this to anybody. In fact, I don't want to show it to anybody. But then I showed it and people responded. And I think what I, because my paintings are about grief, um, I found that people, someone came up to me because we'd have these shows at the end of the school year and my piece would be in a group show, you know, with other artists, students. And someone said, my I just lost my mother and these paintings really resonate with me. And it shocked me that I, that they were more, they were, they were personal, but they were uh, not so personal that somebody else couldn't enter them. You know, that they found an entry point and that that intrigued me, but I, I I think I think there's there may be two um, two sides of that. On the one hand, the art that you create you create it from a certain place, but then as the viewer or listener or reader, that person brings their own experiences and 
current state of mind. Yeah. When they look at it. So, I mean, the perception of anything is not ob truly objective. Right. But I thought that my paintings would do like your, 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 what you said about some people would go, Ugh, why'd you do that? You know, I, I do have one friend, a good friend that goes after she's now I've taken this class about seven times. So I've got bodies of work every time, which we, as you'll see, my style changes because I choose to go, okay, for this eight paintings, this is why I want to do this style because this is my thought is I have to find the style that fits my feelings. And, but she looked at like three or four <laughs> versions of my series and she go, can't you paint something happy? Yeah, I go like, nope. Draw me Fritz the cat. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, well, which is edgy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Well, yeah. So, so speaking of, 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 of a, a change in style, the, the next piece, and I should have read, it, it is actually more animation. <laughs> right? It is. And I realized, you know, even the fact that all these, every time I take this class and I do a body of work, they are a series. And I love, I love doing six of a kind, eight of a kind, you know, the, all of these pieces that I've made, they look, I feel they're stronger because they're sitting in amongst the others. Um, that really, I can't, I'm, I'm, I can't imagine not doing that. You know, that this is my style. This is, I love the fact that I do eight versions of something because yeah. they they talk to each other, and uh, and and actually as we get further along, there's one set of botanical paintings, and people kept saying to me, "Which one do you like the best?" And I and I said in front of them, I can't tell you because I don't. They'll hear me, and I don't want them to know which one is my favorite. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> pick favorites. <laughs> yeah. The the. Tell me about it. Well, I, I'm blocking on the chart that for oh, the. It's. The, a, I'm sorry. It's. Go a ahead. No. Go ahead. Phenakistoscope. Phenakistoscope. That's it. Yeah. P H E. It's Greek. P H E N. Phenakistoscope, and it's um, an early form of animation. And maybe some people might be. You might be familiar with the drum that spins, and you look through a slot in this drum, and it. Um, and it's a continuous drawing inside that um, when you rotate the drum, you see the character moving. Um, a zoetrope. And yeah. zoetropes, they're a little more familiar, if anything. But this was another version of it, um, maybe before, I don't know, it's right around the same time that people would make these things. And they had a contraption that you put your disc in it and you'd crank this thing. But it has to do with mirrors. You have to, you need mirrors and you need that slot. But it basically um, it was my, it was one of my watercolor projects, and I wanted to express Steve dying, and um, I don't want to forget him. So I was trying to think of a something that would um, would um, show a never ending story. 
and this kind of this kind of work. I, I was thinking of a flip book at first, but a flip book has a beginning and an end. A film has a beginning and an end. Um, songs beginning and right. but this doesn't have a beginning or an end to it. It's continuous. It spins continuously. And and this is his favorite bird. It was a pileated woodpecker. And then I think what is it? The yin yang sign and the ankh, the, uh, I think I'm saying ankh, the Egyptian sign for yeah. life. And uh, the blue circle is um, a heaven. And that morning glory is uh, something that represents life. And uh, so it keeps blooming. Um, it, it, it's interesting when I look at this, that, that this has changed. I look at this and it, it, the coloring is different. It's it's delicate mm -hmm. in a way. Um, it's more alive. Yeah. It, it so it, it's interesting to me that there was this this pretty radical departure or an evolution from where you were earlier. Is that well, I, fair, or is it just a technical? No, it's true. And I think, well, we could talk about grief. Grief doesn't go in a straight line from like very grief, very full of grief to I'm done with grief. It, it uh, undulates and it comes up at times when you don't expect it. You know, you could just be driving in your car and just burst out crying two years later. And, and so some of times, sometimes some of my pieces were in, in a, um, I was resigning to my new life and I was feeling more accepting and peaceful. And sometimes I wasn't. Yeah. And so um, sometimes that's, I think why, and, and sometimes whatever was going on in the world or in my family, you know, so I think I was in a more peaceful place here and more reflective. Well, because because the, the following two prints, which we'll, we'll get up on the screen here when we do this, seem to be a bit of a return to your previous style. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> I'll say. This was on um, a paper called Yupo or Durlar. It's a plastic paper. It's plastic, which means that you can paint you can put paint down and it doesn't soak in. So you could take a paper towel and wipe it up. Um, you could um, take a wet brush and smear it around. It just lays on top. You could um, wipe the whole thing off and start over again, you know? So it was a very challenging paper, but I wanted to try it. And I made six paintings and I took images from um, the last, that last year that were uh, very upsetting to me. And these two happened to be Charlottesville. Um, some of the other ones were Syria and there were a few from the Greek, from Greece, Lesbos, when the refugees were coming across and drowning and trying to get onto the land. And um, it was, you know, a horrible time. Um, these two were Charlottesville and, um, <clears throat> And I think that, I think you can kind of tell that there, it's not a party. <laughs> like the first one looked, if, at first when I did it, it looked like a party and then I needed to make it more um, disturbing. So I think I put in that Confederate flag 
but you know, you know the image. I mean, I'm sure everybody oh, yeah. knows that image of that night with those guys marching with those um, torches in Charlottesville. Yeah, right. Of all places, right? Yeah. And that second one is that fo photograph of um, when that car crashed into the people. That woman died. People were flying up in the air. Shoes were going. I mean, it's in a very incredible photograph that's so disturbing. And I made that painting and I worked on it and worked on it. Um, and, you know, I, I, I masked off a square, a rectangle to work in. And then I pulled the masking off and I painted outside the edges because it just couldn't be contained in that rectangle. The anger and the uh, terror, the horror was so huge that it had to come out of the square and the rectangle. And then I still didn't feel it was enough. So this one I took outside in my driveway and I ran it over with my car a bunch of times. So it's got holes in it from the gravel and I poured, <laughs> I'd squeeze paint on it and then I'd run it over and get out and look, squeeze more paint, run it over a bunch of times. So I think you can see tire tracks up in the upper right corner. Yeah, actually you can. Yeah, I'm sure my neighbors- I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed that until you just told me, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm sure my neighbors thought it was nuts. <laughs> it worked, it worked. But, but then you, you, you sort of return to something a little more, a little more delicate, right? I mean, the, 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 the plants. Oh, right. Well, uh, I think the very next one is um, the leaves falling. Yeah. So I took a piece of watercolor paper that's my height and my width. This is a self-portrait. And um, so, you know, it's like five, seven and whatever, 20 something inches wide. And then I walked around my neighborhood and I picked up leaves that made me think about different times in my life and living, because I lived in that house with our, I raised our family for 25 years in that house and um, North side. And um, these were leaves that just, everyone that I picked up, I had a thought about a memory. So I brought them back and, um, started painting them and each one maybe it's like a four or five inches large and it would take a, a day or two to paint one of them um but they're falling and yeah. they're gathering at the bottom and it's about resigning myself to what what turns my life took um you know and all these paintings <laughs> whether they're peaceful looking or uh, delicate or angry, they're all uh, mine in the end, as angry or uh, destructive they are. I, in the end, they're mine and they're, I feel like, uh, I don't know what to say, I won. <laughs> I don't know, in a way, like, like I conquered something in doing this. And, and certainly the ones we're looking at are the ones that are successful. I mean, I do a whole bunch of stuff that isn't, but that's just for me, you know? I mean, they're all about 
me first. And I don't think about who I'm going to show these to. Right. And, and that, I mean, that gets back to our, our kind of original point, which, which is this isn't about pleasing someone else. This yeah. is about working through difficult emotions. Yeah. And, 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 and the value in doing something like this in helping you to do that. I mean, I'd look at, at the falling leaves and I, and, and, and I may be wrong because this is my interpretation of that. I look at that and I kind of go, I get a sense as we move through grief that this is part of the acceptance of what's transpired. Right. And it's autumn, which yeah. is the time of year where things are dying, but they're dying and they look beautiful at the same time. I mean, I feel like all my paintings are beautiful to me <laughs> yeah no this this i mean just on on its face value alone you look at how things are arranged i look at the colors i look at it and go that's really pretty i just first blush and then you kind of realize well what's it represent but but it certainly represents your grief in a very different way than i'm slashing paint on a canvas with my library card or i'm driving over things in my driveway it's a whole, it's coming from a different perspective. It yeah. may be the same process, but it's a different point in the process. Is that fair? Exactly. I have a friend whose wife died a year after Steve died and we were all good friends. And he is writing, a, he wrote a book, a, po a book of poems. And some of them are very angry. And some, I mean, it's almost a parallel thing. I got what he was doing. like. Some of them are peaceful and short or lovely, and some of them are angry. And, and, and they mix up, you know, you go back and forth with those feelings. Well, and again, months on these things. I mean, each one of these series takes me about four, five, six months. So I have to really feel like I can live with, I want to live with this for the next six months. It, it, when you start one of these, I'm sure that you're, you're in a certain place. Is it some, it, can it be difficult to come back to them later and, and sort of recapture, do you have to kind of recapture where you were emotionally when you started that? Or have you sort of at that point locked, done enough to lock it in that you know what you need to do? You mean like each painting over the four months or six months? Yeah, yeah. So each one, each one, each one is a different is different than the other. Like I want them to be different, but also related. So when I pick up my next one to do, or maybe I'll go back and forth. You know, uh, uh, sometimes with that one on the Yupo paper that I ran over, I had six of them. And sometimes I would evolve into something and I go, oh, that one could use a little of this. <laughs> and I go back and forth. So they're all different. I know I'm engaged. I'm totally engaged in that theme for that period of time. So you, you can retain that and go back to it, even if you're not emotionally in the same place that you were when you conceived the project. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, so far. So far, so good. <laughs> and the one I'm working on now, you know, it's taking, it didn't take me four months. It's taking me more like nine months, which is a, 
it's a challenge now. But every I draw every night. I mean, this is my go-to thing. Every night, I can't wait to get in my art room and sit down with my drawing. And I get, because I don't know, to say it's like addictive, it's like my fix, like I need to go there and clear my brain and sit there for one or two or three hours. It strikes me as being sort of self-care almost, nurturing, self-nurturing. Yeah. In a way, I mean, in and 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 then again, that gets back to these are beautiful, and you're obviously really, really talented. But for people who are listening, you could just sit down and write what you saw today, or what 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 upset you today, what made you happy today. I mean, and and really, essentially, derive similar benefits physical and emotional benefits from doing it. I mean, and there's, there is, there's, there's good literature to support that. And, 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 you know, I'm kind of giving it the big, you know, scientific research spin on the whole thing. But I mean, if you go back to Vonnegut, Vonnegut would, would tell, you know, go sing in the shower, go dance while you're clean in the house. It's, it's, you know, you will write a poem for someone and it can be a terrible poem. Yeah. But you will have done something and you will have made something and, and you'll be better for it. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's probably part of my personality is that I do care what people, I care a lot about what people think of me. So the fact that I gave myself permission to not show this stuff to anybody was the perfect frame for me to move in, to try this. Like those first paintings of the kosher market. I didn't show anybody those paintings. I mean, I just, there was no way I was going to show anybody those paintings because they were scary and they were personal. And that wasn't, you know, it was a friend that helped me. But this class with this uh, teacher, Michael Pierce, is a safe, he makes his classes safe. So I guess my, my studio opened up to allow that classroom to be safe. Right. Right. And then I think we all have people, we have people that, you know, that I'm comfortable sharing things with. Um, and then there are other people that like, no, there's some stuff I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to open myself up that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, 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 and that's fine. But again, ultimately you, you, you do this for you. Yes. And then if it overflows to other things, cool, that's great. But it's really ultimately for myself. And, and um, I mean, sadly, I had a traumatic thing happen to me in my life. And that's what launched all this. <clears throat> but I think everybody's got crappy days and hard times and things that are difficult. And I think this um, kind of, if it's, Whatever it is, if it's drawing or it's writing. I mean, to me, writing a poem looks totally mysterious to me. Or playing music like you do is total mystery to me. But if that um, triggers something in you, that's the most important part of it, I think. Well, and I think we all we all have different ways and different... We have different ways that, that I think we express ourselves. And for some people that's painting, for some people that's writing, for some people it may be sewing. Yeah, oh yes. Or, or knitting. Gardening. I mean, it, 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 we, we create things 
that that may reflect our lives and we may do it in different ways yeah and maybe cabinet making it's and maybe what? cabinet making i mean yes, you can be a woodworker and it's all it's all it's the same process you know and and i think the the, the societal flaw is that you know it, it's sort of like this giant we live in this world of america's got talent where, you know, will someone tell me that I am the greatest singer? I'm the next big thing. And it's like, dude, it's not about being the next big thing. Yeah. It, it, it's about something you feel compelled to express. Yeah. And there's so much pressure from outside to write. Like, well, if you're not perfect, well, then what are you? It's like, why are you even doing that? You know, people are quick to judge and social media. I mean, there's just so much outside pressure. Um, that, well, uh, we and we do. I think it's a society that values the result. Yes. Or the monetization yeah. rather than the process. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's I, like, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, Debbie deals with all this all the time, like, I want to be, I want to weigh 50 pounds less and be able to bench press twice my body weight and win a marathon. It's Tomorrow. Like, <laughs> right. And it's like, well, no, you know, it, it, it's really about the process. It's about go out and do something, do something today. You don't have to run a marathon today. Go for a walk around the block. Right. And so yep. it becomes more important about what everybody, how everyone sees you. And that's, we've gotten so far away from figuring out what we need and what we want and what works for us best and not thinking about taking a selfie or, you know, posting something. It's, uh, it's where we have come a, far, a long way from it. Well, and that's why, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm really glad that you're, you're sharing this for, and for people to see this because none of these things, none of what you you're sharing here are exactly alike and stylistically they're very different. Yeah. That worried me for the longest time. It's like, well, I don't have a style. What's Janet Scagnelli painting? Nobody can recognize a Scagnelli painting. And I thought, and I look at all, I have um, art, there are artists in town or, you know, in the, in history. You know, oh, that's, you know, that's a Modrian. You know, we could spot that a mile away. I'm all over the place, but I have decided <laughs> that I have a theme going on and like I think I said um, earlier that when I come up with an idea, I think about what, what medium, um, what style is gonna fit my idea. And so the, they all come, are coming from chaos and grief and destruction and rising up out of that. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of a lot of the you know the falling leaves, and then we'll we'll get to the the botanical stuff in a minute. Uh, again, are are more sort of almost. I mean, you can say, well, it's autumn and things are dying, but the the piece is more more. It, there's more order and structure and. I would say innate, like you look at it and go, well, that's pretty. 
Yeah. Right? I mean, just the casual, right, as opposed to, geez, you know, a bomb went off in here, an emotional bomb went off here. And this is, this is catharsis. Yeah. So, so it, it, it's, it's, it's a gift to be able to express that in different ways. I mean, in the music world, it's, it's akin to someone who is a versatile jazz musician who you, you find on stage, you know, playing, you know, in a, in a heavy metal band. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, yeah, I got that too. Yeah. And it's, it's just about, it's, it's about a vocabulary and that just, that comes with time. I, I, I mean, at least in, in my world, it's like, it's just a matter of learning, learning that vocabulary. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, animation, because I, we didn't mention this, but I didn't do computer animation. It was all hand-drawn work. And my studio, what I specialized in was not just the flat paintings that, uh, I don't know, like a Yogi Bear, you know, the typical flat paintings, but I did a lot of rendering. Like we did colored pencil animation where we were drawing with a pencil and then flipping and, make, and making the next one look rendered. I was doing the airbrush animation, colored pencil, paint, but everything, that's what people came to me for was a more um, unique look. And so my skill, I do have a high skill level of lettering, brush painting, you know, I, I have all that. So when I started to do these pieces, I really did have the, I had the gift that I, if I thought about, you know, something, I wanted to do something that was the piece of paper was my size. And then I was trying to think about what I would put on it. And then I saw a couple of these leaves and I went, oh, I want to do it that way. And I think I can paint those leaves. And so um, whatever style I choose, I choose styles that I try them out first and go, yeah, yeah, I can do this. And I can express myself in that way. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it does. No, it does. It does. See, the the next piece, the the botanical prints, which I think is the first thing that I had seen because there's a postcard of one of these up at Redefine RVA. I guess they put that up for me. <laughs> yeah, well, no, and I, I remember, like, I, I walked past it one day, and I said, "So, it's, what? What's this doing here? Why is this here? Because it it just, you know, this isn't someone lifting weights." <laughs> this isn't someone out running. I'm like, this is cool. Why is this here? And that was kind of the introduction to like the, the story. And, and these are, these remind me of, of like English botanical prints. That's what I was going for. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, wow. And then, so can you, can you tell us a little bit about these? <laughs> So there's eight of them and they're large and um, each one has a secondary piece underneath it. And I got, I found a, a yellowed paper that I wanted to use because I really was trying to emulate that British botanical paintings that are old. So um, I really love them so much, um, but the, so the, the idea came to me. I mean, first the idea comes. And this house, 
I was living in this giant house with a half acre of land. And Steve was the one who took care of all the outside yard, the plants and garden and all that stuff. And suddenly I'm doing it because he's gone and I'm trying to take care of the inside of my house, my two children who are falling apart, I'm falling apart. And then I got these like plants outside and- And they're falling apart. They're dying. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, know, I don't know how to take care of these things. So they're dying or there's weeds that I can't kill. And they're coming up all over the place. So I was feeling so upset about it. And I finally decided, well, what if I paint them? And then I own them, like I win again. <laughs> like I, they're not gonna get the best of me, even though they died. So I collected, I went around and grabbed a bunch of dying stuff and I took some pictures of some of the weeds that were very healthy growing. <laughs> and a lot of times people look at some of these weeds and they go, I hate that weed. I know exactly what that weed is, you know? Um, so it, so I had that idea and then I'm thinking, well, how do I render them? Oh, what if, you know, all those botanical British, whatever, those botanical illustrations are beautiful and perfect. And they're the plants at their height, you know, they're flowering, they're just like at their peak. And I thought, well, what if I do them when they're dying and dead and looking crappy and, but I make them look that way, you know, make them look as perfect, you know, I even took a class in Lewis Skinner Botanical Gardens in Botanical Illustration. Just enough of the class. So like, I wanna do this and I wanna learn a few things. And then I was like, okay, I'm done with the class. And the woman's like, no, you can, we can go on. And I'm like, ah, I just got what I needed. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, left. <clears throat> and then underneath them, instead of Latin, because I'm, I have Italian background and I'm also studying Italian. I made these words in Italian and I chose words that <clears throat> each one of them is a contrast. So it's chaos and peace, rising and falling, darkness and light, um, disturbance and smoothness. Um, I think under one, it, it is Italian, is it, is it agitato? Oh yeah, agitation and Agita tranquility. And tranquility. Yeah. But it looks, is it Italian? It's Italian. Yeah. But it looks yeah. in Latin, Italian, very similar. Um, but I, they, it had meaning, it was more meaningful for me to do it in Italian because of where I'm at. Sure. It's my, my world. So it, it, it's interesting. I just, I thought that, you know, again, that the contrasting text. The contrast what? Right, I mean, complete, incomplete, agitated, tranquil, for yet the same, I mean, two terms for the same plant. Yes, and it was about, um, you know, I'm taking on these plants, and it's the first word is always the uh, more negative word, and it's me moving into the opposite word by creating this piece of art. I got myself from agitation to tranquility. And, and you know, the, this, well, the, the, there's the one that um, is the really dried yellow leaves. 
I, yeah. It's just, I mean, that was a dead, that was a branch of a dead bush. <laughs> and it's, um, I, I love those. I love the way I did these. <laughs> I but, mean, they look like, um, they, and when I was painting them, they were just so delicate and I had to really, really take my time. I can't make mistakes, it's watercolor. It's, it's, you gotta go with what happens on there. So I had to be very, 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 very careful not to make any mistakes on this stuff. They're gorgeous. Oh, thank you. It's thank the best looking dead, dead branch I've seen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but it is, it's, it's just, it, it is. When I looked at it, I went, oh, this is right out of some British botany textbook from the 1800s. I tried, I tried. It's, it, it's gorgeous. And, and then, and then you you sort of you sort of re backslid or reverted back into a into more more dynamic. Oh yeah, the, the last two the smashed art. You know, so that was this past January. Class starts again. The DC insurrection happened on January sixth. You know, the class started on the fourth or something like that. And I am so freaked out about that insurrection, that invasion. And I'm trying to do art around that. Like I have to come up with eight pieces and I'm thinking all about, I made so many drawings about that insurrection, but nothing, everything was trite compared to what was really going on because we were living it in those first days. And um, I couldn't create anything that was as powerful as what I was seeing on television. I mean, it was just so scary to me. Um, and, you know, this Black Lives Matter thing was, events were happening in the city and I was going to Monument Avenue a lot to see what was happening there all throughout the year. Um, and the pandemic. It was just these huge events in early January oh, yeah. that were all just converging on my brain. And meanwhile, last year I had uh, moved out of my giant, beautiful house and I downsized and I sold it and I found a little house nearby and I renovated it and did that. But I had to do it all by myself alone because of the pandemic. I couldn't get help and it was huge, huge, huge emotional and physical work I succeeded at. Um, so now January comes and I'm trying to think of what am I gonna do for these eight paintings? And I wanna express all that stuff that happened and was in the process of happening. We were still in it. All we're still in it now. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And I needed some way to express that and um, so I took a jar of my favorite pickles, <laughs> Bubby's pickles, <laughs> which, oh wait, I think that's one of these. No, it's not. Uh, so yeah, I took- um, The first one are, are tomatoes, right? I think- Yeah, it's a can of Cento canned tomatoes. Um, the one I started with was uh, Bubby's pickles, a jar, which is a beautiful label and they're really delicious. And uh, I put them out in my backyard and I took a sledgehammer and I just sledgehammered the hell out of it. And pickles were flying and I was going after the pickles with my sledgehammer and I just felt like smashing stuff. I was so 
oh, I just, and I smashed um, that and I smashed, well, eight objects from my, my kitchen. And uh, one of them was this can of Cento tomatoes. So I smash them. So there they are. It starts off with something I love and then I destroy it. And then I take it and draw it. And they're on very large pieces of paper, like 42 by 42. They're really big. And those pencil drawings took, oh, a month or more to draw the pencil drawing. And so now it's very precious to me because I spent so much time on this pencil drawing, but that wasn't over. So then I wanted to destroy my drawings in some way. And uh, one of my friends said, why don't you shoot it with a gun <laughs> like, or burn it? Or, you know, we were trying to come up, I was gonna erase it. But what I decided to do was take paint soaked rags and throw them. I mean, it was very random. I didn't know where the paint rags would land. And um, I just stood out there in my backyard with the paintings, the drawings on the ground and just um, had these wadded up rags that I'd open up and just throw them. And it was scary. And that was what I wanted. I wanted that, I wanted to feel that a second destruction. So it was like beauty, destruction, beauty, destruction. Uh, I, I need, it was just reflecting so much that was going on because I, things just kept happening and falling apart in the world. In Richmond, you know, every yeah. time we think in the pandemic, every time we think things are getting better, now the variant shows up, and um, it just, uh, I, I, it was a, everybody's talking about it. It was a very, it is a very emotional, taxing time, emotionally for everybody, and we're all having our own journey. Some people are getting COVID, some people are dying, and so I needed to destroy this great drawing that I made. But in the end, I, say, I won't say but, we'll say and, in the end, I own this. And it's a reflection of all of these ups and downs and they're, and it's, it's, it's my finished piece of, of expressing all that. So in the end, it's a, it's a positive piece. Well, and then and then that really just kind of circles us back to, to what I think is kind of the overarching theme, which is through painting, through writing, through music, through whatever means of self-expression you're comfortable with, you can improve how you feel by creating or expressing how bad you feel at the moment. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is this isn't just, oh, I think I'll paint a picture. This is this is therapy. This oh. is self-care. And, totally. And anyone can do it. I yeah. Mean, not anyone. There is only one person who can do what you do. And that's the kind I, I really like the idea of like, we all have our voice. We all have our own voice. But because we all have our own voice, we can all express ourselves in our own way yes and and i think some people may find that kind of daunting like well i could never do that but it's like no you you could sit down and write you know what today was a bad day and here's why yeah 
you know, or, but in the middle of this bad day, I found this and it was cool. And, and you'll, people will get that benefit. Yes, yes. And, and I guess, you know, I do keep repeating this is that, and don't worry about somebody's going to look at it. You know, I mean, I think all that journaling that you discuss is not for people to read that journal. I mean, that is your personal journal. You're right. not, you're not going to share. That's not, that wasn't the goal of it is to share a di diary or a journal. Um, I think that's the key is just to be able to sit down and um, you know, write a song or, you know, or a poem or a, a little short story. And, and like you said, it could be terrible, but it doesn't matter if you can just get that to that feeling. And it, and it, and it might take a lot of tries. <laughs> I mean, I think you do one and then the next day you try again and it's better or worse than the first one. And then the third one is gonna be, then you got something to compare to. I was like, oh, I liked what I did on that second line, or I liked the way I drew that line. Let me right, try the line over here. With the emphasis being, it's yours. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's yours to do with as you see fit. It's you can share it with whoever you want. It's not about is it good. Good is. Do I feel better having done this? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. If you feel better having done that. That's good. Yeah. I mean, this to me, this now is maybe a five-year journey that um, I've been on. And I had no idea when I did those first, that first one about Paris, I, I thought that was a one-off and, and I'm going back to my little still lives, but it wasn't. Um, who knows? You know, you don't know where it's going. And 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 this my journey this this teacher michael pierce he changed my life i mean he just totally changed my life because he happened to he happened to be tapping in to what i wanted and needed and his message and the way he taught that class teaches that class um is uh works for me and worked for a lot of people in the class well i i really i really want to thank you for for most importantly, for sharing this with us, because A, they're gorgeous, powerful works of art, but they're also very personal. And, and I recognize that. And I, I know that it's not always an easy thing to do. Um, put yourself out there like that. And, and I, I, I just hope that the folks who listen from this or listen to this will, will get maybe some encouragement to take a stab at, at doing something like this. Just because there, there is a way you can feel better without requiring prescription medications. Or yeah, I, I mean, it it works. It works. And and what a what a better world we would have if folks spent more time creating and less time destroying things. Yeah. Right? Nice point. Your your point is well taken. I'm uh I was happy to have this time to talk to you about it because from where you're coming from, I never thought about the science behind all this. And I mean, it, you, it's absolutely, I'm a total uh, <laughs> advocate of it and uh, an example of what you're describing. Yeah, no, I, and I, I think, and, and, and again, there, there, there's always a path forward. It's just a matter of finding it. 
And it's not always easy. And it's just, just, I mean, you and I have talked, I mean, certainly, you know, um, there was a lot of trauma in, in my life, both physically and emotionally. And, um, I did a lot of writing and, and got back into playing a lot of music. And, and that was my way to kind of work through a lot of this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure now we're like not in your, um, and for, this is not for publication, but when I watch you play music, I could see you loving what you're doing and totally into it. I mean, it's like, uh, I recognize that, like I'm, I'm not a musician and I don't know how to play and I'm amazed and fascinated by all of it, but I could recognize it on your face, how much you it, love what it, it is and how lo- not lost you, you're not lost in it, but you're so in it that you're a hundred percent, you're giving it a hundred percent. That's absolutely, and, and, you, and I'm sure you get it when, when you, you, you hit that, you hit your stride with something like this, we go, got it and it, it's working mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. a that's a really cool thing and mm-hmm. and it's it's true whether you're painting whether you're playing music whether you're you're building a cabinet whether you're painting your house it it's all the same thing yeah and yeah. there's just that moment where you kind of realize that like this is really cool yeah well you hope that everybody gets gets to experience that i mean you really hope because now that i've experienced it i i want everybody to have that get that feeling it's that little um it's it's really addictive <laughs> to get that feeling every time you know I, I look for it if i don't draw i don't you know i mean maybe i could take a good walk or a nice bike ride but i'm always hunting because i like that feeling so much i want it again well, and I, and I think, I think to some extent, I, the idea that, that I was sort of raised with the idea that you should leave the world a little better than you found it. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that, that maybe you've created something that people will look at later and go, oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, that's you know, this wasn't here before you got here. But and, that's and, a bonus. I mean, that is totally right. unexpected. <laughs> right. Well, and the other thing I think for me is, 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 and this gets, you know, again, we're moving away from the idea of, of sort of self, self-care and the therapeutic aspects of doing this. But there's another part of this, and, and this, is, this is kind of a weird thing for me to, to kind of say this, but the, the music, the things that I write, the music that I've composed or that I've played and that I've got stashed all over the place, um, there will come a day that I'm not here. But the people that know me or knew me, my son, Debbie, they can go to that. Yeah. And you're still there. Yeah very touching <laughs> yeah right i mean that's kind of a cool that's another bonus i mean that's not why i do this it's not like oh well i'm writing my last will and testament <laughs> you know but but like hey you know what yeah man you know that that was my dad yeah that's a good point you know and i think that's that's kind of a cool thing and and those that sense of connectedness is it's lacking in our society right now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so the idea of like, well, you know what, here's something that brings people together. Right. 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 And that's not big and flashy. It's like, uh, it's not big and big and flashy is a false God. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. It is. So, well, well, I told you we wouldn't get this done in 30 minutes. We're now, we're now an hour and 20 into this. Um, I really want to thank you for taking the time and, and going through this. Your, your work is, is gorgeous. The story is just powerful. Um, and, and I really, I really hope that folks who listen to this, maybe we'll, we'll have the, the, the motivation and the courage to move forward and to, to try something like this, even if it's just doodling on a piece of paper or jotting down your thoughts for the day because it's powerful medicine yeah so janet thank you very much thank you i really appreciate this has been another consults over coffee i'm dr michael jones this is janet scagnelli scagnelli um we'll be back in a week have a good day